0: Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the
1: Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancor, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks.
2: Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns.
3: And I am Lauren, a.k.a. OboCrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks.
4: Previously on Dungeon Drunks, murder! <laughs> you take it away,
3: Lauren. <laughs> Most foul! <laughs> <laughs> Distinguished adventurers last time on Dungeon Drunks. After finally removing the Balhanath from Carlton's mind, the group head deeper into the cavern. They encounter two goblin guards and attempt to fool them into thinking they are part of the Baphomet cult. When it looks like that is failing, Travancore kills one, and the other is taken prisoner. Their prisoner, Scraps, says he is part of the Smelly Tent Tribe, a traveling merchant caravan that do an underdark circuit. But they're apparently trapped here as some mind flayers have taken over the tunnels leading back into the Underdark, and they have a basic truce with the Minotaurs to trade with them. They convince Scraps to take them back to the leader of the Smelly Tent tribe to apologize and barter for information. And that is where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I'm your DM, Lauren, also known as Crazy. As you might hear, I'm a little under the weather. I just got done with Emerald City Comic Con, which was a fantastic time. And uh, I did a lot of hanging out with people in very loud areas, and thus my throat's a little raspy today. Uh, I've got the low notes going on. So I am drinking tea, green tea specifically with a lot of honey, all the honey, every honey. I've also, I've got a little bit of bubbly water with some caffeine in here, but mostly I'm just babying my throat as much as possible. So if if I sound a little more quiet and raspy, it's you'll just have to get that as as an ASMR thing. It'll just have to be ASMR Opo crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Carlton, what are you drinking?
1: So I am on the last of the shrubs that friend of the show Izzy gave me uh this one is the uh I was saving it for last because it sounded the least appealing uh it's the beet and ginger with Szechuan peppercorns Mm. it's not as bad as the other um well not as bad. it's not my favorite out of the three but it's not undrinkable I also want to mention that right before my wife left she said and I said hey I have to go record she said okay don't die because she knows how this has been going for me (laughs) (laughs) I told her that's up to Lauren but mostly up to me.
3: It's it's kind of up to a bunch of factors. It's not up to any one person. And, you know, the dice often have something to yep. do with it.
1: But yeah. Uh. Oh, and I am drinking it out of a Gremlins tiki mug this time. Nice. Did you, are these like <laughs> Alamo Draft House tikis? Yes. Okay. Yes. Alamo Draft House slash Mondo.
4: Nice. I still have
1: a uh, couple more to show y'all. I look
3: forward to it. But for now, I look forward to Travancore. What are you drinking?
4: Good people of Faerun. Travancore's choice this evening is the only thing left in my house. The last of the McAllen 12. First. Hey. There's a lot here. It's at least a double, probably more, and it's straight, so this should get interesting.
3: <laughs> it'll get interesting incredibly fast, but it'll also be very delicious, because I know you like that stuff.
4: Love it. So good.
3: <laughs> Bernie, what are you drinking?
2: I am actually drinking something really cool. So as some of you know, I just got back from the Joko Cruise. I, my voice didn't go, but I did drink a lot, and I'll be posting some of those on our Instagram because they had a lot of really awesome nerdy-themed thing themed drinks, and I think you guys would love to see them. But while we were on the cruise, we stopped in Tortola, and we actually rented a car and drove the entire island, and one of our stops uh, was the Collingwood Rum Distillery. Mm-hmm. Uh, the call, Sorry, the Collwood Distillery. This is in Cane Garden Bay, Tortola. It's worth the trip. Because it's one of the oldest rum distilleries in the entire Caribbean. It's been, I think, pretty much constantly functioning for close on 400 years, maybe more. It's insanely beautiful. It's a beautiful place. The people who work there are awesome. So it's a small, small place because it is still active. And so in order to take pictures inside, you either need to donate $2 to the museum. <laughs> they're sort of, they're, I mean, they're sort of a museum, but they're, they're distillery or you need to buy something from their gift shop i e
3: rum oh draft
2: oh oh no <laughs> uh, what a hardship d- we bought a bunch of airplane sized bottles because uh we did carry-ons that's a smart way to go but they also let us like taste some of the like they were like they, like, we bought a whole bunch of stuff, and we were just in there chatting with them and asking them questions, and they just decided, I told them to, like, get Steven drunk, and so they just started pulling out rums from under the counter that were in these big dark bottles, like, giant jugs, and they were like, here, drink a little bit of this, here, drink a little bit of this, and it was great, because I was driving, so I, like, took a tiny sip and then was like, here, Steven, drink the rest, and I honestly, like, I rum. I've never had rum that has tasted this good before. It's it's they What they do is fantastic, and uh, the people are awesome, and so it's worth spending your money there, especially because this is a local place, and Tortola was hit as hard as Puerto Rico by Hurricane Maria. And if you go there, spend your dollars locally, please make sure your dollars don't sail away with the cruise ship. Buy, go spend, eat locally, keep your dollars in their community. They need them. Um, so tonight, I have the their lightest rum um it's uh their white rum and it is from pure cane juice and it is uh 80 proof and they said it was really great to mix so i made myself a very classic rum and coke and i love it because the coke does not overpower the rum flavor the rum flavor is still so so good and it's so super tasty so cheers tortola this is for you
3: yay oh that. That sounds like it smells delicious, if that makes any sense. <laughs> no,
2: It smells so good. Their rum smells so good. Like, I think the white rum has some of that hard alcohol kick, but like the rum, all the other rums we've tried, it's, you're not what, it is alcohol, but it does not. It's so incredibly smooth and yeah, so we're breaking a little tradition. Also, thank you to those of you who said to, um, who shared your favorite tropical drink with us on our Instagram you can Aww. share us your favorite place to buy rum when I post some of their rum photos.
3: I like this plan. All right, Jonathan, you're you're closing us out. What are you drinking? Hey, it's Jonathan, and I play
0: Jonathan the Muscular. and tonight I was going to have Jameson because uh, yesterday was St. Patrick's Day, and instead of having green beer, I drank an awful lot of Jameson. I went. I actually went out, like I went out to a bar that was doing St. Patrick's Day things, and I had a couple of shots of Jameson, I had Jameson on the rocks, and I had something that I am going to name later, it's Jameson and ginger ale, it was quite good, and then we went and did escape rooms, and we did them a little inebriated, and we won, and it was great. Because I love escape rooms. But instead of that, I have something that was given to me the day before by friend of the show, Goober. It is, once again, one of his uh, smirkin' beard meads. This one, though, is very weird. It's mead with mint and other stuff. It's a mead-jito. And it doesn't even huh. like get a printed label. It's just got mejito in, on the ball. <laughs> right there. I had we got together for some gaming and stuff, and I had some. It is really good. It there's a lot going on though. It is probably one of his more complex meads. He himself doesn't like it, but I've actually been enjoying it. So thank you so much, Cooper. Uh, this has been uh, quite good. Mejito, <laughs> mejito. Yes, it's great. And the shot of fireball to be consumed at the first casting of fireball or the equivalent spell thereof. It's dedicated. To some friends from Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. Yes, uh, we had uh, our lovely DM Lauren, uh, aka Oboe Crazy, DM a little game with uh, herself, with Josh Perrault, Joe from How We Roll, and then also from Codename Entertainment, uh, Kat Crane and uh, Chris Dupreez
3: and they were lots of fun and and I'd warned y'all ahead of time I was going to be doing that and yeah it was it, it got uh delayed once because of all the weird weather we were having here because they're in Victoria so when we had about th- 3 weeks ago from this recording there was that horrible snow that happened in Seattle it also happened up there and they recorded from the studio so it was it got delayed cuz they're like it's not safe to go to the studio and I'm like then don't and we will do this some other time so We've been looking forward to that for a while because, you know, hey, we're huge fans of Vital Champions.
0: It's a great episode. If you haven't if you haven't heard Aww. the first episode on our feed, it is quite good.
3: Yep. First episode's on our feed. Uh, second episode is on taking initiative. And the third is on how we roll. And thank you, Jonathan. I appreciate getting the that shout out. Oh, you bet. So the last time we got together, there was an encounter with some goblins. One of them is now dead and in the bag of holding. The other is leading you, currently, into this giant cavern filled with... Stinky
2: tent goblins!
3: It,
0: he's respectfully in the bag of holding. We we're not trying to be, you know, glib or, or demeaning to him. It was simply a matter <laughs> of convenience. We are sorry. We feel
4: I bad. Mean, we were glib for a few years, but now we're not anymore.
3: <laughs> I seem to remember Carlton... Staring directly at this goblin the whole time, and making it a point to say he was keeping eye contact as he as all of you silently watched because you're using re- very, very telepathic. It's very respectful bombs. to
1: make eye contact. It is not, it is very disrespectful to not look at someone in the eyes. It is very respectful to look at them in the eyes.
3: You also mentioned you were doing it as a power play, so it wasn't I'm like you were still, smiling. It was a respectful power play. I
2: was- <laughs> That's not how any of that worked. That's not how any of it worked. <laughs> I don't want to die because we got disemboweled by stinky tank goblins who up until Lauren reminded me they were the stinky tent clan, I assumed they were the stinky feet clan. And nope. so that's what I was working with in my head for a really long time.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not that far off. And as you uh, have been led down into this... Gigantic caravan, uh, Travancore. You're pretty certain that this this room that you're entering in the size of it was probably one of the main chambers that um the old ancient dragon that is passed away used to use as as a main chamber. It is that big, but right now it is taken up with a multitude of tents of various sizes and if it wasn't for the fact that this was an underground layer filled with mostly goblins you would believe that this is any open air market on the surface there are stalls of food you see no horses but you do see pack animals uh, some giant beetles that have packs over them Um, you could swear over on the side you see a a giant spider pulling a cart full of supplies You see people back and forth. You hear barter happening. It has a distinct odor of an open-air market, both good and bad. And it is mostly goblinoids. There's bugbears. You think you might see a few uh, tieflings and some other humanoids off in the distance, but it does seem to be mostly goblins. And as you are led into this town and kind of winding your way through following your companion, I guess. Scraps. You are garnering obviously a lot of attention. Everybody's turning to look at you and um you are not so subtly being followed by three or four other goblins now uh with the the same general guard garb, short swords and crossbows as you're being led. There's a lot of whispering going back and forth. Travancore, you can very clearly hear in goblin because you are the only one who speaks goblin. A lot of people are asking, you know, who's this? What's going on? What's going on? Who are they? What are they doing? What's going on? Where'd they go? And you do also clearly hear scraps as he has stayed with you, but has he hasn't run off, but he's stayed a good five-ish feet in front of you as he's leading you on. A goblin comes up to him and the two of them converse for a moment. And the gist of it is he is telling this one to go off and warn Nem and Elto that you are coming. Within a few minutes you are led through these tents, this tent city to the side where there is a larger opening uh, kind of a what looks like almost like a sand pit or a, a, a coarse gravel pit and in front of it is a a slightly larger tent. And standing in front of it, coming out of the tent, is what probably the oldest goblin any of you have ever seen. And you know that they don't usually live incredibly long. They're very short-lived species, but this this one is bent over with age, clutching a gnarled walking stick that is almost as tall as he is. So he's kind of clutching it by the middle. He's wearing uh, just kind of a, a simple pants and tunic and is currently like scratching at the back of one of his pointed ears as you come on forward. And at that point, scraps finally darts forward to run up to him and they converse for a little bit as the, the guards that were behind you and the crowd that has now followed you pushes you forward into this, what must be a, an amphitheater type thing for, you know, presentations to someone as you approach and this conversation finishes, the the goblin in the with the walking stick turns to you and says, So, you killed Gurney.
0: Uh Yeah, we feel really bad about that, though. It was a misunderstanding where travelers were trying to get to the Baphomet folks, but we could Use some help, and I know this is not the way we want to start things off, but all we can do at this point is offer our apologies and uh, and our services. We hear you have problems with tentacle dudes, and Jonathan the Muscular does this when he puts his hands up to his face and makes tentacles, as he says tentacle dudes.
3: What kind of misunderstanding?
0: We, uh... We thought that, uh, that these two guards, we know that the, the cult is unreasonable and, and insane, and we had thought your guards were part of the cult. And we didn't really know much about the cult, so uh, unfortunately, lethal force was used. And uh, again, we're very sorry about that.
3: Jonathan, do you believe that? Yes. Interesting. Okay. He continues to look at you and, said, and says, And so when they talked to you, you didn't just talk back?
0: We tried to come off as other cultists, thinking that they might let us through. And then things kind of spiraled out of control. We got things uh, under control. We, we wanted to make sure that Scraps got, got home safe. But in the, in the tussle, uh, poor Gurney was, uh, was killed. We, we have him and we're ready to you know, return him to, for, his, for the proper respects. We're sorry.
3: This ancient goblin turns next to him to Scraps and Travancore, you hear him ask and goblin say, that sounded about right. And Scraps says, well, uh, we were just asking them for information and what was going on because it was obvious that they weren't clans people. and, And then Gurney was just shot. I mean, we didn't even draw our swords or anything.
1: Wasn't Gurney reaching for his weapon, though?
0: No, I don't think he did. I think it just
3: They were they were backing up and they were look they were looking defensive because it was obvious that they were figuring out that you were not that you were not part of the cult. In Goblin, they continue to to talk for a, a moment or two in softer voices and so actually no, Travancore, you've got the thing in where if you can see people's lips you can read what they're saying, right?
4: I believe so. Yeah.
3: I think I remember that you've got that.
4: Let's see, looking at my sheet, trying to see where exactly it would be. Time to look at D&D Beyond.
3: D&D Beyond. I thought it was the thing that you got as the boon from... Uh, being becoming the Herald of Greenest, which would have been part of a feat that I gave you. Oh,
4: yeah. Yeah, you're right. Shoot, you're...
0: Yeah, right. if you can see a creature's mouth while it's speaking a language you understand, you can interpret
4: it, what it's saying, by reading its Which lips. is super convenient for me, because I speak many languages.
3: You speak a lot of languages. You're very good at languages. All right, so under their breath, you can see them continue to converse. They turn away a little bit, but not enough that you can't see their mouths. And the the clan leader says to Scraps, oh. so... Are they, are they evil? Should we just kill them? Are they just bullshitting us? And Scraps says, I don't, I don't know. I mean, they, they seem like they were mostly just upset that they screwed up something and (laughs) they could have killed me and they didn't. So there's, there's that. I kind of, I'm kind of a little worried about the big guy. I mean, he seemed a little bloodthirsty and just kind of wanted to shove the body in the bag. And the, the climb leader says, well we'll, we'll, well, we'll deal with that. We'll deal with that. It's the, his whole body's in that bag. How, how does that even work? I don't know. I don't know. They're, they, you know, surface dwellers, whatever. Uh, you might want to f- ask him about about uh, the Belhanath. That thing is going to come for us pretty soon. And they they nod. And then the climb leader turns back to you and says, so what are you doing here?
0: We're trying to get something from the cult of of Baphomet. They stole something. We're trying to get it back.
3: What did they steal?
0: Eh, an artifact instrument. Uh, like a like a harp.
3: Well, that
2: is a very good question. We don't really know.
4: I say Falatier.
3: He doesn't doesn't seem to react to that.
4: Okay. But he... What
0: what what kind of like in general? What kind of instrument is that?
4: Well, I'll just say the class... I didn't say what type of instrument. I just want the classification of it, like, in terms of the rareness. If he didn't recognize... If he didn't respond to it, it doesn't mean anything to him.
0: Well, I mean, but they may they may know... Like, he asks for the harp. I mean, is yeah. it... Yeah. Like, like they're it, not like, going to Is it a, a looty type thing? Is it a flutie
2: type thing?
0: Is it a looty-flutie? I mean, if it's a rare instrument, it could be a looty-flutie.
2: Like, I don't think any of us would, without knowledge, see a super rare instrument and go, that's a Falantier. Like, we would go, oh, look at that really insane piano, right? So I don't yeah. think that that's like...
0: It's I, a hurdy-gurdy. I, like, yeah, a, I it like
1: hurdy-gurdy level 99. No, nah, I like Ludi Flutie better.
2: Ludi
3: was it a hard a mandolin? It was a mandolin. mandolin. Yeah. Yeah. It was just the Falantier instrument was just the who had made it and it being this epic instrument of the bards. But it was a, it was a mandolin.
0: Yeah, so I go, mandolin, you know, like... N-n-n-n-n. I do a little pantomime.
3: Do you go, ding,
2: ding, 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 ding,
0: ding, ding, <laughs> ding. We don't want that. We don't want that here.
3: The clan leader shrugs and says, all right, so are you here to trade with them? You're here to kill them too?
0: I mean, we're going to try and sneak in and take it. And uh, we yeah. have no love for this clan. So it, we might kill them.
2: I'd honestly prefer less death. We've We've had enough of it, yeah. Yeah, we got a pretty good sneaker in our party, sometimes. And some of us are pretty good at pretending to be cultists. The whole thing about not having a tongue, that's really good information for us.
0: Yeah, it was not in the uh, intel we had gathered.
2: Yeah, not in the intel. We were just kind of planning to sneak in, get it, sneak out, return it to the owner.
0: Honestly, we didn't know that anyone else was down here.
2: Yeah, we did. We did some intel gathering, and there were, apparently, Swiss cheese
3: levels of holes. And it sounds like you had a fight with the Yes, That
2: was also not in
1: our Swiss cheese memo.
2: Yeah, that was not in the Swiss cheese memo. And so we've had this problem recently. They've been taking my my barbarian and... and (laughs) And mostly his brain, I mean, it stays in his head, but they kind of go in and scramble it a little. And I will admit, I got a little short with the Balhamith, and it did say it was going to eat him. And I just, it just, I lost my temper. It's been, we've had several things take over our dear. Dear Carlton's brain, and I was a little bit frustrated. You know, after like four times, you can understand if something had taken over. It just keeps happening and happening and happening. And I, it's like God knows it's a weakness or something.
1: When she says my barbarian, my, my, like I just smile, like chin, like just like the biggest toothy, wide smile, like <clears throat> it's me.
2: If we had
0: just known that all we needed to give the Balhanath was a secret and we could just pass. You know, that would have been that would have been great because it apparently doesn't care. <laughs> we also, didn't know I that. Did
2: give the Balhamuth a secret, and all I asked was some in good face stuff. Biting my barbarian and please put him down. And you know what he did when I said just put down my barbarian? You'll get some good secrets. He bit my barbarian.
4: We barely got out of there with our lives, so we were on edge. It's not an excuse; it's explanation.
1: You know those t-shirts that are like, I'm with Stupid? I imagine getting one that says, My Barbarian, with an arrow pointing left or right.
3: (laughs) On the back, it's gonna say, Don't Bite. Don't Bite. Who's the real Barbarian? (laughs) you certainly messed everything up. Yep. Cartooth is gonna be all over the place looking for retribution. And if you think you're just gonna be able to go down and sneak into all these buffamate cultists, you know, there's like 75 of them, and they got a whole section of this lair, and... Uh, but the more important thing is, if you rile them up, then whatever truce we have with them that right now works out in our benefit is, is going to fall through because they're going to know that you you came through here and we let you through. So you need to make sure that we get to leave first.
2: Okay.
0: We can arrange that. And further, we had talked with uh, Scraps a bit. And like I said, if the tentacle guys are a problem for you, I mean... We can't bring back Ernie, but we can. Are we, can we still connected by
2: the the thing?
3: No, nope. no, that ended.
2: Bernie's gonna look at Jonathan, and she's gonna raise her eyebrows and kind of go. Hmm.
0: hmm?
3: <laughs> well, I mean,
0: that's a, that is. I'm not gonna speak for your abilities.
3: What? What? I mean, if if you're gonna go down there, we can send John down there, and you can you can either. Tempt your fate, and if if they kill you and eat your brain, then you know that's payment for you just coming in here and killing one of ours. Uh, if you kill them, then we can finally get out of here because between them and what's going on with the dragons and the fact that we're running out of things to to trade with, we it's time to get back on our trade route. We're sick of being here. And what if, if
2: oh, oh, what if we could
3: unkill Gurney? Well, that would be an interesting thing to see. I don't see how that's a possibility. Um, Dead is pretty dead.
2: Well, (laughs) she's gonna, like, kind of, like, scratch her head. I mean, sometimes dead is pretty dead. And she's gonna, like, look at her companions like, Alright,
1: um, and
4: uh, Travencore says, use mine.
2: If it made a difference?
1: I think we could unkill Gurney if you guys could give us a place to stay for a few hours, for about eight hours or so, to get ready to deal with your uh, tentacle friends. If otherwise, bringing unkilling Gurney will, might have to wait. So if you could house us for eight hours, then I think we might be able to unkill Gurney.
3: I don't think you understand quite what's going on here.
1: I don't understand a lot of things.
3: I can then i'll I'll make it pretty clear. This is not a negotiation. You came in here, you killed one of my men, and now you're asking for things, and you're saying that you can bring Gurney back, but only if we give you stuff. No,
0: so, no, it's not no, no, no. He's saying that
4: he's.
3: I'm going to throw Carlton
0: under would, the bus. No, he he's could. saying that
4: Carlton um, doesn't speak
2: for the group very often.
4: Uh, what or I'm saying all? is- You're not saying you anything, Carlton. The to shut up, anything, Carl- Carlton.
2: I'm not gonna- I'll do it no matter what. I'll bring him back. We shouldn't have killed him. I can bring him back from the dead. I promise. Well,
3: and the clan leader crosses his arms and looks at you and says, If he wasn't dead, we could negotiate. So, any motions to you to- Obviously to do whatever you're gonna do. Uh, bag of holdy gurney reach in and gently
0: pull him out and i'm like like just trying to be real gentle i'm like holding his head up and yeah, I... there's,
3: there's a moment as you pull out the body of gurney in where there's some gasps from the crowd around you Travancore, you very clearly hear in goblin uh, some are are a little horrified by this because it looks like he's pulling a a goblin body out of a bag that shouldn't be large enough to do that. There are a couple who are uh, a little more uh, how is that happening kind of thing. The clan leader doesn't seem to react. He's just still impassively, a little angrily looking at all of you.
0: I I lay him down and I kind of fold his little goblin arms on his chest and I'm going to be like, and I go and I, as I like get up and kind of pass Bernie as she's approaching the body, I say, do you Need anything? How can I help? Sorry. Very serious moment. Choking noises. this does have a verbal component in
2: it. Otherwise,
4: you might be in trouble.
2: Bernie says, "Um, I would. it would really help if, like, everyone wasn't staring. I've never done this
0: before. Okay. Um, uh... Also,
2: Carlton should... Travancore and carlton should probably not be within striking distance of gurney
1: oh, i don't have any problems with gurney
2: you put him in a bag
1: um his soul yeah, after he was his already soul dead soul so, don't,
4: so i said that. he was for safekeeping you, <laughs> you wanted to. do that Carlton might be okay because <laughs> i the, everything that happened to gurney happened after he died but there's arrow that went in me. You'll probably remember that. And I have a quiver on my back. So I'm going to take a couple of steps back away from Gurney's striking distance. And I'm going to keep Shadow just in front of me.
3: There's a little bit of room for you to move. The crowd has kind of uh, pushed in on you. And so most of the crowd is within five feet of this cu- your your group. And Travancore, as you go to move back, a couple of people kind of move. They don't really give you passage as much as they don't want to be next to you and your giant bear um, but you are able to move a little bit away.
0: Alright, I'm going to turn around and I'm going to go. I am Jonathan, the Magimuscular of Neverwinter, of Care and and of Waterdeep and most importantly Harold of Greenest. This is Bernice Q. Burns. Hi. The most powerful cleric of Queen Bay that we know of and a master of the divine arts. She is going to attempt to bring back Gurney with the power of her divine magic. If you could, please, give us some room so that this divine miracle can happen.
2: Oh, God, no pressure. or Sorry, I'm just trying to
3: give you some space. (laughs) All the goblins kind of glance at each other and look around, and you see a couple of them take, like, a step or two back but most of them are staring at the body of gurney or at bernie
2: all right i'm um, sorry i tried <laughs> i think you're gonna introduce me I didn't prepare a speech
3: you oh, can it is at this point i would like to remind you to read over the casting time of i'm assuming raised dead is what you're looking at
2: one hour everybody um if you're hoping for a show um I would remind you you might want to pee first. This is going to take a while.
0: This is going to have an end credit scene and you're going to be waiting a while for it.
2: A second one. Uh so I think Bernie usually is I think she's kind of glib with her magic. She she it's a very powerful thing and she likes to be underestimated. <laughs>
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, she
2: boops peop she licks her finger and sticks it in people's ear to heal them. She boops them on the nose. Uh, she pokes them in the butt, but she really wants to get this right. And I think she has a diamond for herself included, right? She was given four, right?
3: Yeah, you were given four.
2: Okay. So she's going to use hers. Um. No,
4: you're going to use mine.
2: You don't know that. That is narrative. <laughs> That is narrative fiction right there. Uh, uh, that's how that works. That's called uh, that's called dramatic irony, right? Mm. Uh, I remember AP English. <laughs>
4: well, I guess that makes sense because if you die, like, who's gonna bring you back? Otherwise, no one.
2: She dies. She dies. No one. That's who. <laughs> Unless you're gonna. Unless and I take really a few more levels and click. <laughs> take like 20 more druid levels <laughs> well, very, okay. very If quickly. you
0: take 20 more druid levels, we're not going to be raising dead. You're going to be fucking reincarnating us. And all of a sudden, the human, the gnome, and the half-orc are going to be the Ganassi, the uh, Githyanki, and a fucking, I don't know, Tiefling or something. I
4: can't make you guys like satyrs or whatever. Like,
2: all like Bernie Mr. would Tumai. like to be an int. So you tall. might! It's random! Th- it's random! <laughs> Um. No. So Bernie is uh going to take her cloak off, and she's gonna put it under Gurney's head, and uh she's gonna like kind of like smooth out any little goblin hairs, make just like kind of like you would ca- like. I don't want to say like you would care for a body before burial, but like she's going to like arrange him as if he was sleeping, and she's going to get one of her diamonds um, out of her pouch, and she's gonna put her hand, instead of, like, booping him on the nose or tweaking his ear, she's gonna put her hand on his heart. Uh, if goblin hearts are where she thinks goblin hearts are, we're making some assumptions here. Might be like Time Lords. I don't personally know. Honestly, if you do actually know the real answer to that, and you don't work for Wizards of the Coast, I'm very interested. (laughs) Um, and then she's going to, um... I think she's going to put the hand that has the diamond on his heart. And so she's like holding the diamond on her, his heart. And she's going to put her other hand on hers. And uh, she's uh, – I think there's a verbal component. I think she's going to say it low enough that nobody can hear because it's none of their business. Because this is a really – life and death are very intimate things. Just like you don't want a million people in there when you are giving birth. You probably don't want a million people watching you while you're coming back to life. And – she's gonna, I think, I always imagine, like, healing somebody is this very interesting, like, you're a conduit, right? You're reaching out to some other part that doesn't, you can't see on this plane to, you know, override that, you know, I guess, like, weird kind of physics law, conservation of matter, conservation of life force, if you will, uh, by pulling it from somewhere else. Uh, So I think she's gonna reach out and try to find Gurney and she's going to look at Scraps and she's going to say I didn't know him very well but if you could tell me some things about him while I'm doing this I need to find his soul and it could be hanging around he hasn't been dead for very long but it also might not be and I think I'd find him a little easier if I knew more about him
3: roll a persuasion check
2: persuasion i have some pluses to persuasion you do so that's we're gonna hope for the best and we're gonna find the correct everything god but i've not been ruling well oh
3: oh dang it you say this and gurney has been standing over by the clan leader this whole time and is looking nervous apprehensive tinge angry tinge just still kind of recovering from the the calm emotions and when you ask him of this he looks around at the assembled crowd and he just kind of shakes his head and he looks super nervous and then another figure appears as you you've prepped this body and you've started this this hour-long uh spell in order to bring him back um and no one's really moved or left um but this second figure appears, comes out of the tent that they're standing in front of. Another ancient goblin, um, a, a woman, she's in uh, simple robes and is holding onto a large rock that uh, has carvings all over it. She looks down, she's looking down at the rock as she comes on out, looks at the clan leader and and Gurney and, and stares at you for a very long time, Bernie. And she seems to nod a little bit. And then she says, tell her what she needs to know. And this seems to spur him on a little bit. And so he says, well, Gurney, he really, he really liked horse meat. And uh, we 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 took the the, the main tunnel a lot because he's he's kind of afraid of spiders and the lower tunnels have spiders and so he doesn't like that. And uh um he's he's got he's got a brother and and uh, uh yeah. Is that enough?
2: Tell me what it was like when you first met
3: Gurney. Uh we were we were young and and we used to go to go play with the dung beetles.
2: The dung beetles? Did mm. not not like spiders? Definitely different.
3: Yeah yeah, no. No, he doesn't like spiders.
2: Doesn't like spiders. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Okay. Doesn't actually say that I have to
3: roll. Nope, it's you don't. sort you of just you. have to spend an hour. It's so- sort of
2: a you choice actually cuz you get to kind of decide if I find his soul. And so Bernie's going to cast this and I think she's like worried that she doesn't know enough or how to do this so she's also going to pray and she's going to um uh this is like her this is not out loud and she's going to say I'm really sorry. We messed up bad. Don't punish him for what we did wrong, if we can fix it. Travancore, during this
3: hour, what are you doing?
4: I want to see if there's any way I can help Bernie at all. Like, if the, if there's no role to do or whatever, but like, if there's any aid action, anything I can do, or is she just sort of on her own?
3: You don't, you don't really know. You've seen her bring like Bucks back from the dead, and you know, help with that, which is a little different. Uh, none of you have done this before. You know, fully brought someone back from the dead, and as far as you know, this is just something she needs to do over the next hour. So it's it's kind of up to you what you want to do to help.
4: Travancore is going to sort of, uh, well, I guess read the faces of of the, the the goblins and the people surrounded to see if he can read any signs of extra grief to see like who was closest to Gurney aside from scraps and see if there's any information additional about about Gurney that he can glean from their faces or from the, their huddled masses because he's the only one who can understand their language. So if they're whispering to themselves, Travancore can see their they um, they the lips moving, and you can probably figure out what's going on.
3: Roll an insight check. Oh
4: boy! All right, here we go. Twenty-two.
3: So, until this um older female goblin had walked out, there was little whispers going on throughout the crowd. They were being very quiet because they were listening in on this conversation that you were having with the clan leader and with scraps. And once and most of the whispering is there's grief there there's obviously a lot of people there who knew this this goblin but no there's no gnashing and wailing um yeah but as soon you do acutely notice now that as soon as this female goblin has walked out with the rock and said to you know instructed to, to help bernie it's gone quiet and before there was a little bit of you know, especially once everyone was finding out they're going to take a little while, there was some antsiness, and now everybody is just still. In fact, you, you see some people sitting down.
4: Okay. Travancore is going to... Well, I, th- I think Tiger was not going to say anything, actually, because, like, I think Bernie, the more they talk, the more she's distracted she's going to be, the more self-conscious she gets. So what Travancore is going to do is something that he does not do. He's not really raised to do. But given... The, the the life path of of his life he's gonna quietly talk to himself and sort of pray to both bay and Ecthearn. I don't think tratoncorn knows enough to not only to pray to one God so he's gonna say this is on me don't don't make them pay for my mistake if there's anything you can do to help Ernie along particularly you bay but Ecthearn, you're you're happy to help out too if you can hear me anything you can do any price that you need me to pay let me know and I will pay it just bring Bernie back.
3: Carlton, what are you doing during this hour?
1: Is the leader that we were speaking to, is he kind of in the same room as Bernie watching over this? Or is he kind of off a little bit?
3: He's, so you're still in this giant cavern. You're just over on the side of it in this gravel pit in front of a tent that they've come out of. They're about 20, 25 feet away, the, the leader and this, there's three of them. The The leader who's been talking to you, Scraps, and this older woman who's walked on out. And as she has begun this spell, they continue to just stand there. The, the leader still has his arms crossed and just kind of, He's he's a, he seems a little angry, but he's just kind of staring at, in the general direction of Bernie and this and the the body. The other two are kind of glancing about, uh, but also staying pretty still. But right now, everybody's is pretty silent and still. All
1: right, I'm gonna and he was speaking common to us, right?
3: To you all, yes, he was speaking common. There okay. were a couple of times where he turned to scraps, but and, that was in Goblin. Goblin.
1: Okay, yeah. So I'm gonna kind of. You know, I'll, I'll sheath my weaponry uh, and I'll walk over to him and I'll be like, uh, your king, highness, leader, uh, I don't know what to address you why, but I got shushed earlier, so I wanted to just make sure we were clear. I wasn't trying to negotiate over your bringing him back. What I was trying to say was we didn't have the resources to do both right away, so I was trying to say, kind of gauge. If we could do this, then we might need a place to stay to be able to go take care of the Mind Flayers for you. Or we could take care of the Mind Flayers and do this later, which is what I was trying to say. But I'm not usually the most articulate. So I apologize if it was misinterpreted as me trying to negotiate over Gurney's life. That's not what I was trying to do.
3: Roll a persuasion check.
1: Persuasion. Oh, yeah. 16
3: i'm not even looking at their old 20 it's just kind of funny watching all of you uh." (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah. i don't think i told you about my persuasion i just went "Uh."
1: yeah (laughs) Uh. yeah so 16 that say you know i'm being truthful it's like i don't speak good sometimes and i miss it was misinterpreted so i wanted to clear the air
3: so you say all this and the whole time that you've been talking he has been continuing to stare at the the body uh-huh. And as you finally finish up, he looks at you and he says, you're going to dress me as Clan Leader Alto.
1: Clan Leader Alto. And then I say, well, uh, Clan Leader Alto. And then I literally say the exact same thing over again.
3: He he seems to let you say it. You don't get a sense that he's like impatient for you to stop. And then he nods and he says, go be with your friends. Let's see how this turns out.
1: Cool and I thumbs up him and I walk away.
3: Jonathan, what are you doing during this hour?
0: Uh Jonathan the Magimuscular is he's watching Bernie and he's going to silently uh to himself say a prayer to Queen Bey and be like Queen Bey, we know you are mighty. You know, we know you're with us. We could really use your help out with this one. And uh, nobody likes B- Baphomet. Uh we want to try and accomplish this mission, but we also want to make sure that we we make this right. Any help that you could give would be appreciated. Love, Jonathan, the Mad muscular. Roll a
3: religion check. Not great at I these. feel like
2: it's like Bernie has tried to block all of this out, and it's just like, it's like one of those things where she's like, trying not to comment. <laughs> she's just like, trying to bring this comment
3: back Oh my god! Don't make Come it around. Yeah, I would say all of this is happening at a respectful tone and a respectful, even Carlton's chat at a respectful whisper. And your focus is once you got this information from scraps. Your focus is one hundred percent on the, the the ritual and the spell. So I don't I don't think any of this is distracting you in any way.
2: Okay, because like yeah, she's just trying to concentrate, and I am hoping this is not any kind of background noise
3: no no this isn't this isn't something that's distracting you enough that there would be a problem
0: well i rolled a natural one and i fail miserably because i suck apparently i don't know
3: jonathan (sighs) i mean you don't suck what distracts you out of your prayers i don't know
0: just this whole situation i guess
3: because your focus is not so much on something that you are doing. And so you're seeing this assemblage around you as they slowly realize this is going to take an hour. And so they're all just sitting. They start to one by one sit. Uh, As this hour comes to a close, the you are encircled by seated crouched goblins watching as Bernie finishes up this ritual. Bernie you finish, the hour comes to an end, you feel the, the, you said you'd put the diamond kind of under your palm on his chest. You feel it warm, and then it's almost as though you feel yourself pushing it into Gurney's body. And it just very slowly pushes on in. And that warmth that was under your palm from where the diamond was spreads out. And for the first time in this hour, since you focused in on the body and, and your, your spell, you hear someone else speaking. You hear this older female goblin. She snickers a little bit and says, oh, there you go. Yeah. And then Gurney. <gasps> <laughs> you watch as the arrow that had been implanted in his eye. Pushes out and falls to the ground next to him, the the bloody mass that is his eye healing over just enough as he comes back to life with one hit point. Okay. <laughs> okay, hold on, he scro- hold He scrambles back down. away calm from down. you. Calm down,
2: calm down, because um, you were dead for a little while, and i'm not entirely sure. you're not dead now you're not dead now trust me this is you're not you're not would i be there if you were dead no you wouldn't. this is not your heaven <laughs> <laughs> but you're not not dead not dead anymore i did a little bit of magic a lot of bit of magic oh that was a lot but you've been dead for like a good hour and a half and you might need to, you're going to need to rest because I am not sure on the particulars of how a body reacts to being dead. Usually it stays dead. We've just uh, negated that. So you want to take some deep breaths, make sure those lungs work. Can you wiggle all your fingers and toes? And she Bird, like- feel
3: a hand rest on your shoulder and it's the, the clawed goblinoid hand of this female goblin. And she looks up.
2: And she's like in the middle of wiggling her fingers, and she's just like.
3: Yeah. This female goblin, the ancient one, has walked up to you, put her hand on your shoulder, and said. It's your first time, isn't it? Yes. Do you. Wait. It's a lot of power, isn't it?
2: I, yeah, I would like to eat like a lot of food right now and then sleep for
3: seven days. Well, you're gonna want some carbs and you're gonna want a lot of water, but it'll be okay. And then she passes by you over to where Gurney is still like crouch having backed up on the ground looking freaked out. And you hear Gurney say in well actually, only Travancore would understand. You hear Gurney say to this woman Neb, what happened? What where am I? What's going on? What's going on? And the woman crouches down and touches him on the shoulders and says it's gonna be okay you're gonna be fine and she pulls what looks like this weird mass of mushrooms in a bag out of her pocket and holds it up against the eye that uh you had shot him through and said put this here and go get some rest. and go 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 eat a big meal in a little while you're gonna be fine oh it
2: doesn't restore missing body parts so would you say that the uh Arrow destroyed the eye before it destroyed the life. You can see that it's it's
3: pretty damaged. It's it's pretty nasty there. What's up Travancore?
4: Uh Travancore's going to say in goblin, I can heal him a little more if that's okay.
3: And she'll turn to you in goblin and say Ah, oh, that's okay. I'll get him some more tomorrow once he's gotten some food in him. Go on, go, go be with your family. Go on. and you see um one of the all the goblins have stood up as soon as Gurney came back to life. There's a a bit of joy. There's a bit of surprise. There's a bit of. Uh, and one one of these other goblins comes running out to grab him and take him back with him through the crowd.
0: And then nails him, does one point of damage, and kills him again.
2: <laughs> He's like, oh! And Bernie's like, oh! Fucking damn he stubs it. His toe. Yeah, there
0: at, you go. At, at, when, at, at all this, as soon as there's a beat, Jonathan the Magic Muscular uh, raises both his muscular arms, like, Bust me! The
3: goblins all kind of look at you.
2: Yeah, and Bernie kind of does like a really weak, like. Yeah. Like, like, like the. I don't think it's like Catholics do, but I really do like, like. I don't know. I've always enjoyed that Catholics have, like, fun little hand motions. They get to do the YMCA when they pray.
0: Jonathan the muscular is going to go up to Bernie and, like, put his hand on her shoulder and be like, how you doing?
2: I I think I would really, that was a lot, man.
0: Here, let me, uh, if it's if it's okay, and he's going to try and pick her up to take her to cope and put her on Coco Snoop.
2: I, no, I got this. All Just right. Don't embarrass me in front of the other cleric, please. It's fine. I would like some pasta.
0: We will work on that. Jonathan the Magimuscular, we'll see what kind of pasta they have in this joint.
3: The crowd is still around you, but they've they've started chatting again. The uh older goblin that um the the female that Travancore heard called Nem walks back up to where the clan leader is alto and alto is finally he smiled a little bit as as this uh one of his goblins has come back to life and he uncrosses his arms and he says all right you fixed your mistake now we can talk as equals cool. come on okay.
2: are we are we gonna talk over food is there food i
3: is there food i i can bring some snacks And he's going to invite you into the tent.
4: Okay. I'm going to follow. Yeah.
3: Bernie's
2: going to pick her her cape up off the ground and kind of like shake it out and be like, come on, Sneal. let's go get some snacks.
3: We here at Dungeon Drunks are huge fans of Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's an official free-to-play Dungeons and Dragons-based clicker game available on Steam, Xbox One, and PlayStation 4. I usually have the game running in the background while I edit audio for this podcast. It is so much fun to put together a formation that includes champions from Companions of the Hall, Dice Camera Action, C-Team, Force Grey, and even more. It's always exciting to open chests to see what new gear my champions have. And speaking of chests, thanks to the fine folks who made Idol Champions, we're fortunate enough to be able to offer a free gold chest for the Steam version of the game to all of our listeners. Now this code expires on April 7th, 2019 at 8pm Pacific, so you only have a week to redeem it once this episode is posted. Open up the game, go to the shop, and type in this code. R-Y-K-E-H-O-L-D-D-I-R-K-E-L-L-S So use that code, and then let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops, back to the show. All right, you all follow him into this tent. There is nobody else in this this small tent. It's, it's a little larger than some of the others you've seen. It does accommodate you. Carlton, you need to do a little bit of ducking, but not as much as, as you were afraid of. And no one else follows you on in. It's just Alto. He motions to there's like a little table and a whole bunch of pillows, uh, older, worn, but clean, lying on the stone floor. And you can see that there's a cot over on the left hand side and he kind of waddles over and he grabs out of a chest some some dried meats and some nuts to lay out on the table, kind of spreading them out in front of you and says, well, now we don't have to worry about that anymore. Let's let's talk. Sit, sit, sit. I sit? Sit down. In this world, information is way more important than anything else. That's why the the Balhanath has been something we've been able to deal with for so long. It is indiscriminate in what it wants to know, because its master told it just gather information and didn't give it a more direct directive, I guess. So you can just tell it anything it doesn't know, and it's happy. Uh, Yeah, we know that now.
2: Yeah.
4: It might be a little late for that, though, because it sort of told us it's too late. I don't know if that's just rhetoric or if it really means it.
2: Yeah, it doesn't... It doesn't like, um... Us. Us is correct.
3: That is something you will probably have to deal with if you get out of here. Yeah. But if you want an alternative way to go, you can always... If you do help us with the illithid problem, you can always help us into the Underdark. Try to find your way from there. I think we can manage that. We could, yeah,
2: I mean, I am going to
3: need a nap. There's places that you can rent space from. Now that this is fixed, then I'll give you permission to walk amongst our market as though you were guests. I like that. Thank is you.
2: There, what, do you. Is there a place to exchange currency? What's, what's the exchange rate like? Is it...
3: It's going to depend on who you're going to talk to. Some people are going to want gold. Some people are going to want trade. Some people are going to want items. Everyone needs something different. So I'll leave it up to each individual trader. It's, this isn't something that I, I... I'm in charge of keeping the the tribe together and keeping us safe. The tradespeople are in charge of their own wares. Bingo. Good to know. That's good to know.
4: Free market economy. I like it.
3: We usually do a route. We usually stop here once every fifty years or so. Uh, we weren't sure if we were gonna come back after Securit died, but it seemed to still be profitable. What with the, what with the the cult, but now there's a lot more going on here than before.
4: Travencourt chooses the secret dialogue option. What
3: are you going to ask? I just say, secret? Who was he? That was the ancient dragon that used to live here. Ah.
2: Doesn't live dead? Is that the dead? Dead. I feel like I remember hearing something about dead. Yes. Can't bring that one back. Been more than ten days?
3: As far as I know, it's been about less than two hundred years.
2: Yeah, I got nothing for you. We could talk to it, I think.
3: Well... Its, it's bones are down the opposite passage, and he points off in a direction. He says, I would not recommend going down there. There's been these two fearsome dragon beasts, and they guard that tunnel.
4: Well, let's talk about the elephant then. Um, so you need them. They're, they're hot bothering you guys. They're harassing you. We need you guys to take care of them.
3: There are, as far as I know, two of them. And... They came up behind us. The tunnel they are in is the tunnel that we take back down into the full underdark to do our roots. I see. They came up behind us. We have not been able to talk or entreat with them because anyone that we send out there just gets their brain eaten.
2: That would be real bad, right?
3: I like my brain. The body is getting pretty old. The brain is all I got left.
2: I feel ya. I feel ya. If
3: we thought we could trade with them for passage, we would have by now we've pretty much bled the the cult dry of anything that we're actually interested in.
2: we I mean, uh, thank you for that man
3: if they're if they have this thing that you're looking for, they're not interested in trading it because it's never come up come up in any negotiations. They're the ones that send people up top to go scavenge for stuff, and so often that's where we get our fresh meat and sometimes they get some gold but Lately, there hasn't been as much passage, and they haven't been coming back with anything they're willing to trade. So we're ready to go, because the dragons don't want to talk with us, and we don't want to talk with the illithid anymore. But every time we go down there, people die.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's not good.
0: Jonathan the Magimuscular has a a question, a pergunta, if you will. I, Jules, that's all you. <laughs> now I always say pregunta in here because of you.
1: <laughs>
2: I, I used to, uh, backstory on that, uh, I used to obnoxiously do that to my physics lab. He wasn't a professor yet, but he was a PhD student, PhD student and I would be like, Matthew, I have a pregunta. <laughs> and he would just be like, why? why? We felt like as a first-time teacher, he needed to... He he was a very patient, wonderful human who actually should probably go into teaching, but he'll probably just be he'll probably just be a his... No, but yeah, that's that's where that came from. The entire class would be like, we I have like, anytime the lab was going wrong, they'd be like, Matthew, I have a pregunta. To...
3: <laughs> help! Help! <laughs> All right, Jonathan. Help.
0: So, uh, you mentioned the dragons. These are little dragons, little kobolds, right?
3: No, not kobolds. These are like your size maybe bigger more like his size and he points over at carlton and says and they look like they look like dragons they walk on two feet i do you know,
1: when he points to me i put my hand out just and do the face <laughs> like who huh?
3: my yeah. nice size your Mwah. size yeah and, <laughs> <laughs> and he says other than the fact that they're not Actual dragons—they look like dragons. They got wings and tail and scales, and they can breathe. And they're nasty. And we've kind of been able to chat with them a little bit. They're—they're not really social. Does
1: this remind us of the dragon man that we fought in Greenest all those months, all those moons ago?
3: No, that was a that guy. No wings, no tail. He was almost more like a dragonborn. Okay. So, so you're unsure what this is. Jonathan
0: the Metamuscular has another question slash comment. The Balhamith mentioned something about tiny dragons uh, making a tunnel. Uh, are there still kobolds here?
3: No, nah, he's probably talking about these two tiny dragons down the tunnel. So that tunnel over there is where uh, Secret actually passed away, and. It's filled with his bones and some of his treasure, but we've never been able to raid it because it's got these these two, it's a green and a black, and they guard it. And the, the only contact we've been able to have, uh, they've basically warned us away and told us to stay out. So in that, at least they're better than the Elephid because they actually will warn us and talk, but we haven't been able to chat with them at all, really, about what they're doing. All we know is that they're, they're, down there hanging out with the bones.
0: Uh, we were, yeah, the Balhamoth mentioned that they may be up to something, trying to maybe dig the care calendar. But we can deal with that uh, later. We will. Is there anything else you can. T- what does Jonathan the Magimuscular know about elithids?
3: I'm going to say just because of how notoriously evil they are. And you actually having studied that, you you know some basics. You know that they are the colloquially known as mind flayers, that they are denizens now of the Underdark, but the, the books that you've read indicate that they might have come from somewhere else, um, that they are highly intelligent and supremely self-confident in their superiority over everything else on this planet. And yeah, they eat brains. You also know that they do experiments on other creatures, that they alter and shape creatures that they capture into horrific slaves of theirs.
0: There were there were two professors at uh, the Neverwinter Academy, and they both had some pretty wild theories. One, one of them said that they were from another time. He didn't actually, they didn't, know, he thought they were from the future. He had a graduate student that was helping him that was like, well, maybe they were from the distant past. Maybe time is circular. And then we had one of them, the another professor that said, may, they may be from space," which is weird, like the from the sky,
2: space.
0: Yeah, space. I, I mean, hear
3: it's the final frontier. I don't know,
0: but yeah. So. Uh, <laughs>
2: and make it one of her characters in a space D&D game. I'll be so mad.
4: The old goblin admiral. That's Their an accessible hat. admiral hat. Now, if I were to say Jeremy, bury me, almost no one would get it.
3: Yeah, but I went for the easy one. I went for the, <laughs> you know, you're going for the, the much more intelligent, obscure. I'm, I'm, I'm just going simple.
0: Well, if we do fight these mind players, they do, uh, obviously, the eight brains to so stay away from the tentacles. I think they can stun you. So watch out for that, too. If we have any way to shore up our uh, mind defenses, that would probably yeah, be good. fancy helmets. Oh, no, 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 no. Well, like, really fancy helmets, like magic helmets. Those would be the only ones that would help. Yeah. The, their, from what I understand, their mind blasts will just eat. It, just, it doesn't matter what
1: you're wearing. Carlton, like, kind of just shrugs, like, his uh, head into his shirt. That's, yes.
0: We're going to have <laughs> to make sure that you, whatever happens to you, we can snap you out what of it real if, quick.
2: Wait, could we... Do what? What if we got a helmet anyways, just in case?
0: So, funny thing about Mind Flayers. They have their mouths, they're like a little roll, but their jaw, their beak, it's sort of like an octopus. And it has one of the mo- most corrosive acids known to known to humanoid kind. So it'll just, it doesn't matter what you're wearing. They just sink right through. it. Uh, once it, it's, it's exposed Why? to air, they, they, you know, it's... To- I'm sorry, I am minored in aberrations. And Jonathan, the actual player, one of his favorite books from third edition is Lords of Madness, which is the aberration book. It's fantastic. Did you know there's a serpent that is, has like five little wiggly arms? And what it does is it inserts itself into a body and then it goes up and out and down and it controls not only your brain, but also inserts its, like, its tendrils all through your body. And then it basically wears you like a puppet. I don't, yeah. I don't think those are a thing anymore.
3: No, Bob, I knew one from way back. Oh, shit. <laughs> wow. That's a thing. Fascinating.
2: That happens. But do you know how sometimes less information is, like, better? Because then you don't poop your pants with terror before you see the thing. You poop your pants with terror when you're fighting it.
0: I didn't even tell you how be- beholders can taste your dreams.
2: I don't want to know. What my dreams taste like, I'm going to purposefully dream about vomit.
3: I would suggest, considering what you've told me about what's happened in the last however long you've been here, uh, maybe you would reevaluate your idea of knowing too much. And maybe knowing more and pooping ahead of time is a good idea. Pee
4: before we leave. Empty bowels can't soil your pants.
3: I
2: mean, that's true.
3: Or not buy a couple more wrong. pairs of pants.
4: Well, we we appreciate,
0: we appreciate your time and the intel, but I think we should probably get that rest and then...
2: Make a plan.
0: Yeah, we'll make a plan. I think, honestly, they are going to be able to see through any kind of deception. It might just be a sneak and kill kind of thing. We need to find where they are. Wait, wait. Not negotiate and kill them.
2: Hold on. I just had... The best idea. At this yes. point, Bernie's just feeling a little drunk because she's. <laughs> just... It's going to happen if you bring someone back from the dead. Usually, we fight something that does more mind control. What happens is Carlton tries to fight them, or doesn't even try. They just come in, and they sneaky, sneaky get his brain. And then we spend all this time trying to get his brain back, and then I get angry, and it's just not good. But, but idea. What if we, what if the trick is, there's no trick. And we just send Carlton in, and we go ahead and get the brain done with, so I can just ready up my brain free spells. And then it's like we've already skipped steps one through five.
0: Wait, you want to use Carlton as bait?
2: No, I just think we should go <laughs> ahead and have him mind controlled, so we can skip those first steps where we figure out. Oh God, Carlton's mind controlled. Cause it always takes a little while, and. That way now, what we can do is we can go, okay, you're mind-controlled, okay, we skip that. We just skip ahead to the part where I de-mind control him, and then we skip ahead to the part where we kill them.
1: It usually starts out as like, er I'm angry. I'm like, hey, guys, have you met my new best friends, exactly. Tony and Luke? <laughs> well, <I'm> so, <laughs> Tony, and, Tony Luke. and Luke,
3: really? <laughs> well, that's the names of the mind players now, yeah. Tony. <laughs> We're mind playing over I, here. I see what you're,
0: what you're going for. I mean, basically, we just need to free up uh Arrow McArrowson over here. Lord Arrow McArosson. Th- Sorry. Thank you. We need to free him up so that he can just do maximum damage against these things. And then if I can, I mean you and I, I think I think both either of us can handle possessed Carlton, but one of us is gonna have to get freed up for for more more killing stuff. But I think it's just gonna be like at that point we just sort of be like, okay, who who can help? Can Is Jonathan the Muscular in a position Or is Bernie in a better position And then we just kind of play that by ear
3: Yeah
2: like I just I mean we don't have to get him mind controlled I just think we go in Assuming he's mind controlled
0: And we just have st- thi- uh, Things ready to deal with it once that happens exactly. I
1: agree Oh should we have a code word that I say If I'm okay Like no. oh Carlton's looking bad And then I'm like
0: Carlton the, that thing the, got into your mind it'll get the code word yeah oh how about there's just no code word and if you turn around and trying to attack us then we know he's
4: we we just wait, assume your mind wait
2: a second what if we mind control carlton
4: well that's kind of what i was getting at i have i can i have charm person as a spell i mean you guys may have it too i don't know if that protects against domination or whatever but if you just preactively charm him he'll think of us as friendly which he already does and It'll prevent, at the very least, from them casting the same thing and seeing them as friendly.
0: I think what happens is uh, one charm over, overwrites the other. I've been working on several charm spells, and if I'm counter-charmed, then... Uh, and it might not be... It, it, yeah. I don't, I don't think just because someone is charmed doesn't, doesn't mean they can't be recharmed.
4: Well, yeah, but then they have to roll against the existing charm. It'll be like a charm off nope. situation. You nope. You could no. prepare. They just per- take over. Oh.
2: Prepare charm person. <gasps> That's a great idea. If they take over his brain, we can just go. His-
0: now we can, now I that goes the other way because if they charm him, then we could counter charm him. I have actually, and this situation has uh, has illuminated the need for for such non lethal means. I have been working on a way to charm lots of people. But I need, uh, if I can get that rest, then I can finish the final parts and uh, I will have the spell ready for tomorrow.
2: Wait, wait, hold on. Hold yes, on. Yes. She looks over to the goblin, who's probably like, huh, these are some interesting people I have here. You want to know something funny? And he's not going to like me telling you this, but I'm going to tell you because I think you'll get a kick out of it. He's it, got hey. this spell that puts people to sleep and he likes to use it during rather important situations and it never works it's sort of like if you ever had a limb go to sleep and it tingles i kind of imagine that basically he just makes them tingle all over until they fall down and he usually gets like a leg your leg goes to sleep i've used it
0: twice and i i have a 50 uh success rate on it
2: he does that's not a yes, passion successfully in the put me academic to sleep. institution. But that's fine. Because now what I think he's gonna mass charm person, and I think that's going to be incredibly interesting. Honestly, if it wasn't a danger to your life,
0: I'd tell you to come along and watch. This is targeted, so I can choose who I charm.
3: Oh. All I ask is yes. that you don't pull any of that shit here while you're in town. No
0: no no no, oh, no, 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 oh, no, no, no. No, absolutely not.
3: Once you're outside, go go do what you want while you're here. You abide by our rules, okay?
0: Yes, I'm no
3: killing people, no charming people, no killing and then charming people, no stealing uh, from them. Also, is there we a place for
2: steal.
1: us to stay for the night, or, day, can, or whatever I, time it is? We can rent, rent campground camp space. We
3: can rent
2: campground space. Yeah, Yeah.
3: and there's there's some people who'd put you up, depending on what you wanna wanna trade with them. We got a, a blacksmith and a couple traders, and uh, as I said, as long as No funny business. As long as there's no other funny business, then you're welcome to to trade in the Smelly Tent Tribe. Okay.
1: I feel like uh, we should go find a campground. Yeah.
3: I'll give you some advice. Yes. There's two guards you should go talk to who are the ones that are in charge of the passage that leads down back into the Underdark that the elephants have taken over. Uh, It's Kirtle and Serby. You'll probably find them over there. If you don't find them over there, you'll find them nearby. They probably know more about what's going on that way than anybody. And if you're looking for some supplies, then there's a couple places in the camp. We got a blacksmith named Smasher. We've got uh, Quint and Hewer, who actually have got some pretty good wares. The the couple things that we've been able to scavenge and get from the the cult have been interesting things. think you might be interested in them. It's... Weird stuff we can't ever really deal with, but maybe you can do something with it.
4: Much appreciated.
3: And if I can make one more suggestion, is that if you drop a little bit of coin and a little bit of goodwill, maybe when you come back here, if you survive this thing, people might be actually happy to see you.
0: We'll keep that, that would in make mind. make
3: a nice change. Yes. And next time when you come back, don't kill the guards.
0: We, we promise. Noted. Yeah.
3: All right. Go do your business. I gotta poop. I gotta pee. <laughs> Me too. I just really need a yeah,
1: Resolved. Resolved.
4: Yeah. yeah.
3: Make sure you poop before you go.
4: I don't have to go now, but I might have to go later.
3: Older gentlemen of any race, they, they, none of them care. They're just going to tell you when they need to poop. Yep. All right. Or they're just going
2: to poop and leave your
3: boyfriend wondering if they've
2: gone off somewhere in the beach house and died. <laughs> and-
0: oh, no. This
4: seems oddly
2: specific.
4: <laughs>
3: Very specific. <laughs> All right. As you are ushered out of the tent of the client leader, uh, you can see that the crowds have dispersed uh, and you now see before you the smelly tent tribe no longer filled with people who are giving you death glares, but people who are willing to trade and maybe you can find a place to stay and some interesting things. And that is where we will pause for the evening. Ah. Next time when we get together... Hey, you're in a goblin tent tribe town thing. The smelly tent tribe. Go go forth and have some fun. So close to
1: our level 11.
3: So close. I know. I know. You got to find somewhere to sleep, though. But first, some experience. For deciding on bringing the goblin back to life, and for the role-playing that happened amongst all of that, I will give you a total of 4,000 experience to split easily between the four of you. Yay, simple math. And next time when we get together... Shopping time, I guess? Shopping montage! Shopping Everyone montage. look forward to that! <laughs> Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, visit us at DungeonDrunks.com for links to all of our social media, pictures and bio of our cast, a full list of credits, and more. We'd appreciate it if you left us a review, and we would love it if you come support us on Patreon. Visit Patreon.com slash Drunks to sign up. Thanks again! and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our patrons, and extend a special thanks to our Artifact and Wondrous Tier patrons. Thank you Megan, Linnea Boyev, Lori, aka Calamity Jane, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.